Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're continuing our armchair imagineering series here, where we're going <laughs> to reimagine Disney's Animal Kingdom. There's, so, not, there's not much to improve on. It's a great park. It is a great park. Yeah. So it's interesting. I had a hard time with this one. And you know what? I mean, part of it is hey, keeping what's good. You know, if, if stuff works, right. keep it. But I think we came up with a few good improvements that yeah. I think will get people excited. Yes. But we've done a few of these so far, so we're going to do Animal Kingdom today. Yeah, it it lacks clear it clearly lacks one particular area whereas a lot of the other parks like lack food, um which is, you know, where I like to imagine here. I mean, Animal Kingdom actually has really great food and food opportunities, so we had to come up with some other stuff to put in there. I like the term food opportunities. Do you like it? I like that. TM. I I just trademarked I like it. Before we get into the Disney news, I do want to mention that we are quickly coming up on our 200th episode. I thought you were going to say we were quitting. No. I was like, what? No, this is news to me. No, we're quickly coming up on our 200th episode. Uh, in just a few weeks, we'll be having episode 200. And as part of that episode, we'd kind of like to look back on the podcast, but we'd also like to have a lot of listener questions. So head over to enchantedears.com slash podcast question. Ask a question on there. And if you want to, you can leave your email and we'll randomly pick a few people that ask questions and give them some $25 Disney gift card. So a little incentive to ask questions. So you have a few weeks to kind of think of question, whether it's a question about us, you know, why we started the podcast, things like that, or just questions on Disney, trip planning, anything like that. Send them over there and we will read some on that show. If we get a question from Star-Lord McGee, it's totally not me. Not me trying to get a Disney gift card. You're trying to get a gift card. Okay. No, not me. All right. <laughs> All right, let's talk let's talk Disney news. So Disney announced that they are building a new DVC tower over at the Poly, and this is actually going to go where the Spirit of Aloha Dinner Show is now, so they announced that that will not be returning and they'll be using that area to build a DVC tower. It's interesting because a couple years ago they announced they were going to build a new DVC uh, called Reflections over at Fort Wilderness. I don't know if it's officially canceled, but like that really seems to have stopped. I don't know if Disney officially says it's not moving forward, but now we're getting this DVC tower over at the Poly. And I think a lot of the initial impressions and and even kind of my initial thought is it looks very generic and it almost looks like they took, Hey, we're, we're going to have this, (laughs) you know, reflections lodge, this generic tower. Let's just throw it over at the Poly and move it over there instead, because it really, at least from the outside, doesn't have a, Polynesian vibe to it. Now it is initial concept art. So I think there's maybe some opportunities to, you know, improve theming. You know, I think the spirit of Aloha show, you know, going away isn't great, but there's also an opportunity for like new restaurants and things within the tower. Like we don't know a lot of details, but it is interesting that they're trying to kind of wedge a tower. I don't think there's a lot of space there, kind of throw this tower and at least the initial concept art makes it look pretty generic. So we just got our DVC at the Poly. So I'm frustrated because it's already changing. The spirit of Aloha was kind of one of the things that I'd heard was really great about the Poly. And I was looking forward to that reopening, but now it's never going to reopen. So I'm disappointed about that. Um, however, I mean, as you did just mention, Topolino's opened at the top of the Riviera. It's a really popular restaurant. People really like it. And there's definitely that opportunity for them to put a restaurant at the top of the tower. And that would be kind of cool. would have some interesting views. So that might be really nice. But um, I do think that when Disney announces a change like this, they do kind of need to throw you a bone a little bit and tell you like, Hey, don't worry. This, this restaurant isn't going to be completely going away. We're going to give you something else in return because right now it just seems like a money grab. Uh, and it's frustrating. 
Yeah, I mean, my guess is they probably don't have a lot of details because I, I, it does really seem like, you know, they were planning to do DVC at the Wilderness and for whatever reason, you know, that didn't work out. And so they're kind of just throwing it in at the poly and it's kind of like, hey, let's just put a tower over here instead. So I don't know that they have a lot of details. To your point on it being a money grab, and I think this is what people maybe don't understand about DVC fully is Disney books the DVC when they sell DVC new members that gets booked as revenue to the company for theme park revenue. And so that's a one time revenue stream. You know, you're paying 30, $40,000 initially to buy into DVC. And that's a one time revenue. When you sell these DVC properties, you get a lot of revenue one year. And if you don't keep building them, then it looks like you're your revenue goes down year after year. And, you know, Disney being a public company, they're always trying to make more money than they did the year before. So if they're not constantly building new DVC, new DVC towers, they're losing a revenue stream there. So I think that's why you're seeing, you know, the Grand Floridian getting some rooms converted over to DVC. This is why you're seeing a tower getting built. Disney has to almost constantly keep building these things in order to keep the the money machine going, or it's going to start looking like the parks aren't doing as well as they did because you kind of have this inflated revenue from a previous DVC property. So I, I do think, you know, with your point, it is somewhat of a money grab because they kind of need to build this. Yeah, it, it would have been nice if they would have had some more details on it. Maybe it doesn't get built. I mean, maybe there's some pushback, some things change. You know, who knows? Again, Disney has announced projects in the past that have not kind of fully made it. But I, I do think, you know, yeah, the thought that all of these resorts aren't going to get additional towers at some point is probably a little bit naive because Disney kind of just needs to constantly be adding rooms. Also, how much does it cost to build one of those towers? It's going to be really expensive. Well, that's why people pay for I mean, that's why they sell. That's why the points are so expensive because you're yeah. basically you're basically paying, you know, for that tower. So, yeah, so it's a little disappointing that they're going to be kind of adding this huge tower, you know, at the Polynesian when you know, the, the resort there isn't a very, you know, it's only a couple stories resort. They're going to be having this, you know, huge tower in there. So, but we'll, we'll see as more details emerge from it. And, you know, even, you know, when they start breaking ground, I think they said it's planned to be open in a couple years. So, so we'll see from there. All right. Then also we got an official release date for Miss Marvel over on Disney plus. So that's going to be coming out June 8th, 2022. So uh, Moon Knight is coming out at the end of the month here. And then this will be the next Marvel show to drop on Disney plus. We got a full trailer with this. We had some teaser trailers in the past, but we kind of got a full uh, trailer on this one. And it has a very like comic book vibe. I think that's what's interesting with all these Disney Plus shows is they all have a very kind of unique style to them. They, they fit in a very specific genre or style. And I think with Miss Marvel... It's it's very comic booky, you know, more mm -hmm. so than I think. You know, Marvel tends to be like very well, they grounded. Had like, they had like some word bubbles, and right, Thought exactly. bubbles and stuff yeah. in the actual live action, which I thought was a really cool stylized way of doing it. Instead of taking something that's a fake character, a cartoon character, and adding real elements, they did the opposite, which I think was a really fun way of making it different than the rest. Yeah, totally. So I'm very excited to see this come out uh, when it comes out in June. All right, so let's move on to our main topic. So reimagining Animal Kingdom. And like you said kind of at the beginning, Angela, you know, Animal Kingdom is a great park. I don't think it needs a lot of help. I mean, Joe Rody. That's all I have exactly, to say. Exactly. Like you said, I think restaurants from a food perspective, it's it's really strong. It has a lot of great restaurants in there. So, you know, I think, you know, stuff you're keeping, you're going to keep a lot of those restaurants because they are great 
you know, obviously. And when we say that, we're we're talking like Suli Canteen, uh, Nomad Lounge, and Tiffin's, and, and Yak and Yeti. I mean, those are all restaurants that are up pretty high as far as like rankings of Disney restaurants are concerned. So all of those would stay. Right. And I think, you know, in, in terms of the overall theme, I mean, I think the theme stays. It's a park devoted to, you know, animals and conservation. And really what how I see Animal Kingdom is I kind of see it as like Walt Disney World's Disney Sea. So over in Tokyo Disneyland, you have Disney Sea, which is a very unique park in that it is kind of centered around one central idea. Everything's connected by waterways. All the lands are connected, you know, by water. It's very heavily themed to the sea, and that's kind of its connective tissue. And you know, a lot of Disney parks, like Disneyland or Magic Kingdom, something like that. You know, there's different lands throughout, and it's kind of all Disney, but there's not necessarily like one cohesive theme to it. Whereas I think Disney Sea does a really good job with that. And I think Animal Kingdom does a really good job with that. I think the area that it needs to improve on, and again, kind of looking at Disney Sea, is attractions. Right. So Animal Kingdom only really has like eight true attractions. And I'm not counting all of the shows, so like Kite Tales, things like that. But if you include the Tough to Be a Bug show, there's eight real attractions in Animal Kingdom. Now they do have, you can go see animals and that kind of stuff. So I'm not counting that. But Disney Sea has at least 17 attractions. And that's not counting like the kids area, all those attractions in Mermaid Lagoon and some of the different transportation options. So just kind of looking at like pure rides, Disney Sea has almost double. So I think that's the area, again, looking at that as a comparison, I think that's really the area to improve on is trying to get more attractions into Animal Kingdom. Right. And I think that one of the ways that they could do this is to really develop the initial idea that they had for Animal Kingdom. And if you look at the Animal Kingdom logo, you can see that, you know, there are real animals in the logo, logo, but there are also like dragons in the logo. And so there, there is a certain touch of that in Animal Kingdom. Um, you know, there's the dinosaur ride, but I think we need to, you know, play that up a little bit and actually capitalize on that a little bit more. So I think that Dino Land, everyone kind of agrees that it needs some spiffing up. Some people have speculated getting rid of it. I think that we could develop it a little bit more and keep the dinosaur ride, get rid of most of the rest, and then make a attraction that's kind of almost in line with like a spaceship Earth as far, but instead of going over human history, it goes over, you know, animal history, you know, prehistoric going through from all the dinosaurs and through the, like the Cretaceous age and Jurassic age, going through all of that and kind of having animatronics to match and talk about, you know, how animals developed and throughout the ages. Yeah. I mean, I really see Dino Land as almost like extinct animals. So again, if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, the different lands and animal themed, don't just make it dinosaurs, make it kind of like all of extinct animals, you know, Megalodon and, and like woolly mammoths and, and things like that. And I think, you know, with, with what you're talking about, another attraction. So I think dinosaur is a, is a great attraction. It's, it's a great thrill ride. I think that makes sense to stay there. But yeah, almost like, again, we talk about this all the time. Disney at its best is this mix of entertainment and history and education. And there's so many great attractions in the other parks like that, like the Hall of Presidents, like Spaceship Earth. They're the reason why when you want to take your kid out of school, you can say that Disney is an educational trip. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) There you go. It's educational. So I think 
something like that. And I think that is kind of what Animal Kingdom is missing to a certain extent is kind of the the education aspect of it. I mean, you have, Rafi- uh. I mean, you have it not, it's not as overt. I mean, you have, you have like Rafiki's planet watch and you have, you know, the different trails where you can walk and see the animals and learn about them, but there's not an attraction besides the safari. There's not necessarily an attraction that is like the history and education in the same way that like hall of presidents yeah, is or the was, same way spaceship earth is well the difference is one is more science-based the other is more history-based so we're talking history-based um science-based i mean animal kingdom there is not a more educational park than animal kingdom in my opinion because you can walk into that park you can go up to any enclosure even the people who clean the park know about the animals. You can ask them questions and they, because they see them every day and they interact with them every day. So I think that, yeah, Animal Kingdom to me at least is the one that I enjoy learning the most in because that's what appeals to me. I, I see what you're saying, but I guess my point is that you have to actively go and see that. Not that there's not education in the park, but it's you have to go and read the signs and you have to go and see the animals mm, and kind yeah. of seek that out. Whereas, Again, in these other parks, there's attractions that it's well, kind of it's built more passive. into. Yeah, it's attractions that it's built into. So having something like that, that like you said, covers the prehistoric area, covers you know extinct animals and Earth's history and kind of our ecological history. I think that would be really interesting. I think it would be really good because yeah. again, it's you're gonna learn about that, and that's not something you can learn about because you can't have those animals in the park either. You know, you can right. learn about current animals. You're right by you know going up to the enclosures, things like that, but you're not gonna be able to learn about kind of the ecological history of the Earth otherwise. So I think well, having something like that in that area makes a lot of sense. And if you think about Epcot, there's a lot of opportunities for learning. You have all of the theaters that have the different. Uh, country information in the country movies and then also you have living with the land which gives you you know like an ecological view of how you know to plant and plant in a way that is good for the environment and things so I think that it would be interesting to have something like that in animal kingdom as well yeah and so I think the other area where you can really expand and add some more attractions is you know looking at the map there's a pretty big plot of land between uh, Asia, like where Expedition Everest sits, and Africa over by the safari. And, you know, part of that is the train up to Rafiki's Planet Watch, which, again, if you eliminated that, I don't know that you're really losing much. And there's a lot of space there. You could add a lot of attractions there. Now, for this, it's not animals, but it's kind of like Disney animals. So these aren't necessarily real animals, but I think this is a way you could add IP. some add some Disney IP into the parks. And you know, there's a couple different uh, attractions and lands we thought about could potentially be a good fit here, which would, again, one, enhance Animal Kingdom by adding some more attractions, uh, but also kind of keep with the animal theme. And I think if you look at it as like, oh, Animal Kingdom shouldn't have IP in it. I mean, every Disney park has Disney IP in it. Again, right. even if you look at Disney Sea. They have a land around the Little Mermaid. They have a land around Aladdin. They have Disney IP in there. About the only IP that they have in in Animal Kingdom is Pandora, which wasn't originally theirs. They just bought it. Exactly. And and now it is. Yeah, now it is. Yeah. But so I think you could add a lot in this area here. The big one here is Zootopia. And I think we've alluded to this before that we think Zootopia would be a perfect fit. I mean, you, you don't have to even do much to make it fit into Animal Kingdom. I think it would be really cool if they segmented it into different parts of Zootopia, like 
Savannah Central, Tundra Town, Little Rodentia, and Bunny Burrow. So I'd see like Savannah Central is where you would enter. There are a lot of food, some shops there. Um, so this is more of like, again, think about it. it's more metropolitan, like like the city. And then you'd have Tundra Town, which would be a place to have some good ice cream shops. And then you could do some ride through maybe some like ice caves. So you could see some polar bears, maybe some Arctic foxes to, again, kind of add to that. You have some characters from Zootopia that um, like the polar bears, I think they had like some chains on and stuff. So, so you think actually have actual animals in there though? Like have like yes, a polar I want ba- them to get real polar bears and put no like a po- no, but like, on. But again, like have you like could. an enclosure, like have an indoor you could because yeah. that's the one thing with Florida. It's so hot they don't have like th- there's no you know Arctic area in it. It's you know Asia, Africa. It's it's animals on the savanna, but you could build an indoor. It- area and have penguins, penguins polar, bears, polar bears, yeah, yeah. arctic foxes and things that, that actually would be a good tie-in it would be a way to have zootopia but then you could also have right uh, you know another you know animal path and again kind yeah, of more arctic education books, yeah. learning about these type of animals i like which that they don't idea better have. i like that idea better and then um also they i think that they could do for it with a ride there because again animal kingdom is one of the best parks for keeping you cool because there's a lot of shading however there's no like wet rides there so i think that it would be really nice to have a ride in tundra town i think that we could do a ride through ice caves because i think if you've ever seen you know the videos of the ice caves in Iceland. I think that would be a really cool ride to try to simulate. And then they could add like a, a water element to that where it's really on hot days, they could spray you with a little bit of mist and then it kind of cool you down. I mean, I think Zootopia, just a ride kind of based on the movie where you're with, you know, Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde tracking down the predators that are I'm picturing pre- the predator. <laughs> no, yeah, not not the predator. <laughs> that but, would be quite but, a mix. But basically the story of the movie. I mean, you're you're kind of going through Zootopia. You're trying to figure out what is, you know, turning the predators against the prey. <laughs> I can, I just can't with that. I, and so doesn't Disney own Predator now? Technically? I don't know, maybe. I think that that's a 20th Century Fox. Maybe I'm wrong, but So, but but I think you can have a ride that would follow the movie. And I think that would be a really good attraction again it gets you kind of through zootopia you have your characters you have some good animatronics in there so i think even something like that like again if they wanted to keep it more towards something that people already know and familiar with you could just almost do the movie and that would be uh you know a great attraction to add there good and then i think that there should be a little rodentia but little rodentia is an italian restaurant because there is definitely a whole area of zootopia that is little rodentia but the, what I think of the most is like the little moles that were the uh, the Italian mob, basically. And I think that would be a really interesting way of like, again, the Disney Imagineers could run wild with that idea and they could have little, you know, vermin, and which I guess maybe some people might find a little unappetizing. But I think it would be really cool just to see that developed into a restaurant. And then also Bunny Burrow would be a like a nice little interactive play place where kids could learn and play. Um, so think of like a children's museum. There are jungle, jungle gyms, but also there are things that you can learn about sustainability or sustainable farming or things like that. Because again, that's where Judy Hopps is from. They grow carrots. Integrating that message that Animal Kingdom has and the message that you know Walt kind of pushed with sustainability and conservation and stuff. So I think that that would be a good tie-in with that. Yes, and Disney is building a Zootopia over in Shanghai, so they are building a Zootopia land. We have no idea what's going to go in there, but I will say, like all of this is a, I think, a great 
land because you have, especially in Animal Kingdom, because you have kind of like a kid's area for them. You have a restaurant. You have an attraction. You have shops and places to go. I mean, that's a fully fledged land that you have there. Mm -hmm. You kind of have everything. You know, you have room for expansion, too, of an additional attraction, something like that. And I do think, like we said, you could really tie it in with Animal Kingdom. You could have, you know, polar animals in there you could you could kind of tie that in as well so i think yeah zootopia makes a lot of sense i think the other potential thing and and you know maybe you have room for both maybe it's kind of one or the other but building like pride rock building something around lion king because we've talked about this lion king is pretty underrepresented in the parks and i think if you built and I'm sorry, one little ride, like one little, you know, the, the, what is it? The celebration, the Lion King, that's kind of stuck in a theater that's sort of out of the way. And you don't really even think about it. That is not a good representation of the Lion King when it is one of the most successful pieces of Disney IP that they've ever had. Right. So I think if you, if you would build a replica of Pride Rock and that area that you could go to. I think people would love to be in that area. I think that fits with Animal Kingdom as well because it's the savannah. It fits in with with what Animal Kingdom's going for, and I think it would be something people would want to go to. And I think there's room for a great attraction in there. You could have kind of the facade of the elephant graveyard where you go into the attraction and it could almost be this escape from the elephant graveyard. And I almost see this as a trackless ride vehicle, more in line with like very detailed, highly themed, kind of like Rise of the Resistance, maybe not to that scale. because nope, obviously to that scale. That it deserves a, that scale. Okay, that was a very expensive ride. But you could do something with that level of detail where you could have it be with, you know, with a trackless ride, you can have a lot of movement and sudden stops and turns and acceleration so that you could, you know, have this be, you know, you're with Simba and Nala and you're being chased by the hyenas and you're trying to escape from the elephant graveyard and you could have some incredible animatronics and set pieces in there. I mean, imagine just inside here, a giant elephant skeleton i mean just the scale of that and and kind of driving through that i think would be absolutely incredible and i think this would be an interesting opportunity for them to try different kinds of trackless ride vehicles so i see this is one where joe and i talked about this before before the show um i actually initially saw this as a roller coaster and he said it would be better as a trackless ride vehicle why pick why can't they build a trackless ride vehicle that then can actually get on some rails? Because I'm thinking about the part, the elephant graveyard scene where Simba and Nala have to jump on top of the alligators um, or the crocodiles, I'm sorry, crocodiles to get across the little pond. And it would be really interesting if you could do like a little bumpy section, but you can't do that on a smooth ground. But if you could do, I guess you could make the ground not smooth. What about Pooh's Honey Hunt? That that ride that's a trackless ride and you bounce up and down that's and you true. shake and you turn. That's, that's what true. I'm saying. That's what you, know, you don't you, even need that. Exactly. Yeah, well, I kind of forgot. Yeah, yeah, when you initially talked about this, you're like, "Oh, it should be a roller coaster." I said, "No, you, you don't want that because roller coasters it goes too quick. You want to be able to have time in these show scenes. You want to be able to have time in these sets. Trackless ride is perfect. And something like Pooh's Honey Hunt is a great example of that because to your point, yeah, if you're you know if you're jumping from one crocodile to another, the trackless ride vehicles can do that just because. You know, they're flat. They can move up and down. They can move side to side. There's so much motion with them that I think this would be a great use of it. And they could really utilize all of that motion uh, that the that the ride vehicles and, can actually do. I mean, the music of that scene is so fantastic. I mean, the, use that Hans Zimmer soundtrack behind it of like that very 
like trying to escape kind of music. I, I just think it would be so intense and fun and really cool. So I, this is a perfect ride. I still, I think I've been saying it for years. I think I actually suggested we put this in the Magic Kingdom too. I just really want them to build this ride. So I, I think that this is just a perfect fit. Please take my idea, Disney. I will give it to you for free. And then the final ride we could see in this area is the, again, I've said this before, a Tarzan Vine ride. You, this is a ride you bring up every time. You yeah. really want this to happen. I want that. These are the two rides that I want the most because, again, another movie that's pretty beloved. The parks very much underutilize it. And it would be so much fun to, and I see this as a roller coaster. You are Tarzan. You are tree surfing it is, is really what I as I, I see it as because he tree surfs on his feet and I think it would be really cool to set this in a jungle type area what I think that they could do with this again Pandora I think is very immersive you know I'm not a big fan of of the movies but I think they did a really great job of setting a scene there and it shows me exactly what Dig Disney Imagineering can do when they're willing to spend the money on it and I think this Tarzan Vine ride and the Elephant Graveyard ride as well are perfect examples of if you do it right and you make the tracks look like they're trees and they have moss like Spanish moss hanging from them and everything not only is it beautiful and it makes your park look amazing but also it is a really nice high like thrill ride that people want to come to the park and go go on over and over again yeah it's, it's actually really a shame that disney does not have access to the technology that universal is developing for their donkey kong attraction yeah. or supposedly you know they, they patented and people think it's going to be used for that because that's a roller coaster that then rides on a fake track and yeah. so you know in, in donkey kong if you play donkey kong with with the mine carts you know there's gaps in the track and you have to jump. So essentially what Universal's doing is they're building a roller coaster that then the car sits on an arm that runs on a fake track so it can look like it's jumping the track. As you're talking about you know, this, this Tarzan attraction, yeah, I was thinking that would be perfect because then you could have vines and you could make it look like you're jumping from one vine yeah, to another. You're surfing on the tree and then you go to grab onto exactly. a vine, you swing. And yeah. could you imagine that you know, just walking up to that in Animal Kingdom. So, you know, part part of it could be in mm -hmm. part of it could be indoors. So it could be a dark ride element to it, where you could have some animatronics from the characters from Tarzan. But then part of it's outside, and you're swinging through the trees. So you have this giant canopy outside, and you just see these cars jumping from vine to vine. I mean, that would be amazing to ride. But the visual of even seeing that from the ground of like, how is that roller coaster car jumping? You know, that gap from from tree to tree would be incredible. So yeah, I mean, maybe Disney can invent kind of their own version of that or something, but that would be a, you know, I think this Donkey Kong thing Universal's building, if they pull that off, is going to look phenomenal. But I think this is another area where Tarzan, it would fit really well. And I think just be right. amazing just to watch it. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you completely. I, I just think that, yeah, th these two rides are rides that, I mean, again, they would have to spend a lot of money to make them look good. But if they did that, I think that, they would be so talked about and so beautiful that people would both like to look at them and like to come and take pictures by them because they can put, you know, animatronics out front or even just like statues. But also people are going to want to come and ride them like people come and want to ride Flight of Passage. I mean, if you do a good job and you spend a lot of money, the people will come. Right. And again, and we're starting from the ground up. So money's no exactly. object here when we're <laughs> doing this. So, yeah. So I think those are, are some great 
potential additional attractions that we would throw in there. Again, that helps where Animal Kingdom's, I think, lacking the most in the number of attractions. I think the remaining attractions that we didn't talk about, so Expedition Everest, obviously we would keep. The Kilimanjaro Safaris we would keep. That That's a great attraction. That's a great you know, thesis for what Animal Kingdom's all about. I would like to see them bring the shaky bridge back, though. You know, for a while there, they had the bridge seem like it was collapsing. I thought that was a lot of fun. And I, I'm sure it probably scared a lot of kids. And that's probably why they turned it off and or it broke. And that's they were probably like, broke. Eh. They didn't want to fix it. Yeah, they're like, eh, we don't want to fix it. And keep Pandora. I think that's a great land. I think it's a great area. I think they have great attractions. The only thing I said as a potential improvement, I know you don't agree with me on this about Flight of Passage, is that I almost I would like to see it maybe as a VR experience because they're Ooh. they're coming a long way in terms of VR attractions. I know there's like a motorcycle attraction. So you know you get on a motorcycle vehicle, you put on a VR headset. You're talking about the Twilight one? Yeah, yeah, the Twilight one. And so it, it feels like you know you're riding a motorcycle because Flight of Passage is great. The ride vehicles actually feels like you're on a banshee, the breathing. But I think where you know, and if I'm being nitpicky here, the one area is having to put on the 3D glasses, having the screen, you can get a slightly different experience depending on how your glasses fit. You know, if, if you're not perfectly aimed at the screen, you can kind of get out of the illusion a little bit. But if you had a VR headset, you could be completely immersed in that. And anywhere you looked, if you looked up, down, left, right behind you, you would be completely enveloped as if you were truly riding on a banshee. And then that coupled with the ride vehicle of how it moves and how it breathes, you would really, really feel like you were in that world even more. So I think it would take it to another level. And so that's my one suggestion is make that a VR flight of passage. Okay. So here's where I think you're wrong though, because the size of the screen in front of you on flight of passage makes you feel like you are actually enveloped in the world, the sense, everything. And now they could still have sense with a VR experience, but the fact that you're looking at a humongous screen and yeah, you're right. You can't look at your size. You can't look behind you. If you look down enough, you can actually see or up enough. You can see the people up above it, you and below you. But if you look straight ahead at the screen, it is pretty, it's huge. So it, to me, feels like you're actually there if you want to break the illusion you can but you can also choose not to but see that's what i'm saying as you said if you look directly at the screen it's great but do you as you said yourself yeah if you look up or down you can see things so imagine but so imagine that imagine you know the way you feel when you look directly at the screen but when you look 360 degrees no matter where you look if you look down at your hands they're navi hands if you look down at the ride vehicle it's an actual banshee if you look to the left and the right you see other navi flying next to you and you do not see the attraction anymore and you completely melt into that world i think that would just take it to such another level and especially with the way vr and the technology is developing and what they can do i just think that would be absolutely phenomenal yeah i'm not really fully aware of what they can do right now but i know anytime we've done vr in the past i think it's very uncomfortable i don't like it um i like it i like it i'm not saying well that's like because it, but that's because we've done the void and you have to wear a giant backpack i mean this right. is like an oculus you know headset but even be, then there's a lot of light. weight on the front of your face and i think that for me that for me is it breaks the um the illusion so i don't like the discomfort i like being able to see things through my own eyes and not have something in front of me no, I, I think the technology has come a long way. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Having you know something on your head could be distracting, but I do think with the technology, you know, that gets lighter. It gets 
you know, higher resolution, better to do. I, I would just like to see that. I think I think it would take it to another level to have. And maybe you have an option that you could do VR or non-VR. So if people still want it like you, you want to see the screen, great. Somebody like me who wants to be fully enveloped in it, I can throw on a VR headset and fully have that. I, I also want to throw in one final comment. I don't want anything messing with the hair. So anything that goes over my head and maybe potentially straps around my head and messes up my braid or whatever I'm doing that day, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't love that. That's a good point. I do not have to worry about my braids when I go to Disney. <laughs> yeah, I only did that once on you. <laughs> One additional thing I had in terms of restaurants. So I think the Tree of Life is a great centerpiece. You know, they have the Tough to Be a Bug theater in there now. That's an okay show. I don't know if that's the best use of that space. What I was thinking is put a restaurant in the Tree of Life. And I was thinking about, okay, what kind of restaurant could go in there? And then thinking of Disney's most recent phenom here in Kanto, if you think about that, Antonio, who can talk to animals, his room, which is seen in the movie, is essentially a giant tree that all of these animals live on. And so you could basically have an Encanto uh, restaurant, Colombian-inspired food, and it is themed to Antonio's room. So basically... It could be that you're walking in the tree and there's still have all the animals outside the tree of life and inside the tree is, is Antonio's room. So you can have animatronics of the animals that you can see on the tree of life. You can have a multi-leveled dining establishment that is kind of fully themed just like his room that would fit in perfectly. Like you could actually imagine that that's what inside the tree of life looks like mm-hmm. would be his room and to have that. And then that's a great way to get in Kanto into the parks. You could even have uh, character meals there if you wanted to it could be a character thing we have you know a meet and greet with the family i think that would be an incredible themed restaurant and a great thing to go inside the tree of life yeah i think it would be really cool it would be one that people would clamor to get reservations at i think that if you put some of the tables higher up in the tree and maybe like even provide some viewing out to the outside of in in the park i think that would be a really unique dining experience kind of like the space needle but on a much smaller scale and so i think that this would be a really cool use of that space and it's kind of like rainforest cafe so since there is a rainforest cafe already in animal kingdom let's let's get rid of that and instead let's change that to a quick service but again with a mission. So it should be eco-friendly, sustainable. Maybe it's built out of bamboo and a lot of, you know, eco-friendly materials. And that way um, they can even like have placards outside that you could read about, you know, how to build in that way. And then the food that's served is also eco-friendly and sustainable. So a lot of vegan food and a lot of like, even like things like cricket chips. Now that's not vegan, obviously, but that's something that like is different a good... protein sources, right. more sustainable right. protein right. sources. Because again, like, I mean, I don't know the exact statistic, but basically it takes like you know, 10,000 gallons of water. I mean, again, I'm making this up, but it takes a lot of water to raise a cow and a fraction of the amount of water that it takes to raise a lot of crickets. So, and and also as far as space is concerned, same thing. So that's a much more eco-friendly way to eat meat. Yeah, and I think this works as a quick service because again, I don't think you can build a restaurant around like cricket food. Like I don't think people are going to be clamoring to go eat there. But as you said, like they do have like those like cricket chips and, and they're good and i've things. had them before yeah and things like that like so you could have a, like you said just a quick service it's like a grab and go it's snacks it's sustainable and, and you could have that as like a small location i think again that kind of fits the mission of animal kingdom and also i mean i will say kids 
are very open a lot of times to that kind of thing. You know, Not eating. this guy as a kid, I'll tell you that. If you told <laughs> but, me I was eating crickets, I'd say no thank you. A couple years ago when we took my kids to like caverns, they actually sold in the gift shop of the caverns that we took our, my students to, they sold like bugs that you could eat. And a lot of the kids bought them and they were trying them on the bus on the way home. They gave them to me and they're like, will you, will you eat this bug? And I'm like, sure, fine. And I, I got a lot of cool points from eating the bugs. I'll tell you right now, I'm not eating bugs. I didn't, I didn't kiss Joe that I'm day. I'm not eating <laughs> bugs today. I'm going to tell you that right now. I would not eat bugs as a kid. I'm not eating bugs today. I like the idea of this, though. I think this is great, but I am not going to be a person that's going to go eat cricket chips. But again, that's just a part of our culture. It's not that it's no. gross. It's just a part of it's part of our culture that we don't do that. But a lot of people eat, you know, shrimp. Shrimp are essentially sea bugs. So. I don't eat shrimp either. So again, I'm not eating anything that's <laughs> anything with bug in it. I'm going to pass on. So, but no, I like, I think this is a, a great idea for a quick service. I think the last thing I want to mention is just more kite tails. Yeah. We made fun of kite tails leading up to it that it was like, hey, Disney just, you know, they had a couple hundred bucks lying around. They said, let's make some kites. But the Lion King one is great. Yeah. The Jungle Book one is, is so so, but the Lion King's great. I, I, I think, think more kite tails. I think the best fit for this, and you know, we we kind of went back and forth and we were struggling because again, Lion King has a lot more because it's again a movie all about animals. So um, whereas the Jungle Book, you know, you have Mowgli the main character, but he's not an animal, so they don't have a kite for him. But we thought that collectively that, you know, obviously Nemo. Nemo is the most obvious fit. Uh, for a kite tail. I think that they, they even have little puppets that look like they're from Nemo. So I think that maybe they thought about it and I think that they need to get on that because it would be a great kite tail. I think the imagine? only reason they don't have Finding Nemo is because they still have the Finding Nemo stage show. And yeah. I think if that went away, I think that you would see a Finding Nemo kite tails. But they definitely are going to need some additional kite tails. I mean, the, the two they have are good, but I do see that as something as they can keep adding to it. And I think the more kite tails you can give us, the better. Exactly. So, all right. So I think that kind of wraps up the show for today for our reimagining of Animal Kingdom. We would love to hear what you think. Like, what would you want to change about the Animal Kingdom or what attraction would you love to see added to the Animal Kingdom? Head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears. Let us know over there. And as a reminder, again, we're looking for some listener questions for our 200th episode. Anything you want to ask, head over to EnchantedEars.com slash podcast question. And if you leave your email, when you ask a question, we're going to pick a couple listeners and give them $25 Disney gift cards as well. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.